Yeah. yeah. So basically, anyway, first things first, obviously I tagged everyone in the group. We've got that training, right, on Tuesday, this Tuesday, actually. So we got, um, what's his name? Got his name now, Dan Hancock, right? He's coming on to do a talk on mental health and mindset mastery, right? So long story short, Dan is, he was a PT for years, and now he actually teaches courses to help other coaches and just normal people coach other people. So basically coach other people and help them use exercise in a way which is gonna be beneficial to their mental health more than anything, right? So he's gonna cover all the important things. Now, if you were part of the program back in March, well, you may have caught up on it anyway, we had Mark Strathen come in and he did a training on mindset again. And he talked a lot about identity stuff, right? Which is very, very important. Now with identity is basically, it's how you identify. So it's like your thoughts on a daily basis, right? Those thoughts that you have, the self-talk you have, which goes on every single day in your mind. You know, I think something like 78% of our thoughts are generally negative, right? So, you know, he's, Mark covered a lot of that for us. And that's why, you know, we always talk about journaling and stuff like that, because unpacking your thoughts and the way you think is, is really, really important. But Dan is going to tap a bit more into the identity stuff, but he's going to deliver it in a different way. And also he's going to tap into comparisons, which is really, really big, right? You know, you could use social media, for example, right? We all compare ourselves on social media, but just in day-to-day -day life, and he said like 95% of the comparing we do with other people is subconscious, right? So being aware of that is key. And he's going to give us like tools which we can implement to make sure we're mindful of that. Because when it comes to your mental health and how you think, you know, your thoughts, a lot of that is going to come down to those comparisons, right? A lot of it is deep-rooted. But just think, think about that for a second. 95% of those comparisons are done on the subconscious level, right? So you don't even know you're doing it. So that's why your environment is so important, right? Not just your physical environment, obviously who you spend time with, but also your emotional environment, right? So who you're following on social media, for example. So he's going to tap into that as well. He's going to talk about like daily routines, which is quite boring, right? But that's going to lead into like fulfillment, right? Obviously, are you fulfilled? And, that, and that's going to come down to are you having fun, right? You're having fun regular because when it comes to mental health and mood and stress levels, you know, if, if none of us are having any fun, you know, like we did when we were kids and stuff, and factoring that in, obviously, especially with the times we're in now, it's going to have a massive impact. So he's going to delve into that as well, you know, fulfillment and all those kind of things and, and, and the importance of having fun. Uh, also, like the byproducts of fitness as well on your mental health. A lot of his cause is based on, you know, uh, the byproducts you get from fitness, from being fitter, from being stronger, the byproducts of that on your mental health, your brain chemistry and everything else. So it's going to be awesome. So make sure you come along to that. It's going to be uh, 6 p.m. this Tuesday, Sydney time. So pencil that into your diary. Come along to that. It's going to be great. There's going to be loads of good nuggets in there. And yeah, so just, um, just type into the box before we dive into it. In terms of comparisons, I'm just curious. Do you feel like that's something you do on a regular basis? Is that something you're aware of that makes you feel a particular way? Just type it into the box if that's something you feel like is maybe a problem for you, right? Comparing yourselves to other people, which is very common, especially on social media, right? Or even just in general, right? 
And it doesn't always have to be physique. It can be status. It can be lots of different things, right? Do you feel like that is something you do on a regular basis? Just type that into the chat box. I'm just interested to hear it. Um, and how, how it makes you feel, right? Because sometimes comparisons can be a good thing as well. It's not all bad. You know, inspiration, right? You can look at things uh, for inspiration, but when it comes to like social media, for example, when you're following, you know, physique and fitness stuff, how much of that is really inspiring you? We say we want to be inspired and stuff like that, but is it really inspiring you, you know, when you're looking at all these different bodies every day? For example, this is just something I've had conversations with in the past with clients. Is it really inspiring you or is it just, you know, because people say motivation and inspiration. So, yeah, just, just make sure you're mindful of that. I'm just curious to know, yeah, so we've got Jazz here. Yes, makes me feel crapola. I'm not worthy since stopping social media. This has been significantly less, yeah. Exactly, and Jazz, now that's been like a good few months. She's been off social media now, other than obviously the Facebook group, but coming off Instagram, which is, uh, which is great. Don't really compare myself to others, Helen, uh, but I compare myself to when I was fitter or better at sleeping or more, or more driven. Yeah, that's another big one, right? comparing ourselves to where we were at one point in time. And that can be a good thing, but also it can be, I've seen so many people in the past come undone with that, right? We compare ourselves to when our life was different. We don't take all that context into account, especially when it comes to like, you know, getting in shape, for example. A lot of times we look back to when we were younger and we go, oh, you know, I've been this weight or I've been in this shape. Why can't I get back there? The bottom line is, you know, you're thinking differently now, firstly. You know, you think differently about yourself, right? Um, also, you know, a lot of the times that comes down to, um, you know, your lifestyle was different basically, right? So, and metabolism and everything else changes as we get older. So, all right, cool. So I'll dive into this, these sleep nuggets now, and then we'll jump into a bit of conversation and stuff. So Kira said 70 to 30 split on how inspirational it can be, depending on my own mood that day and seeing old photos of myself on Facebook and Insta help. Yeah. Love that this week as well, mate. Some of the, uh, the share you put on Instagram and stuff with your clothes. Absolutely insane, mate. Like how, you know, much you've changed and stuff like that, right? So I think looking back can be a good thing, especially in that sense. Um, but yeah, that can be a problem if you're always looking back as well when it comes to your fitness and your body and stuff like that. You can only work with what you've got now and improving on the here and now, right? So always bear that in mind as well. Vini, yeah, actually, I agree, agree with Helen. I compare myself to when I was younger, not a big social media follower. Yeah, great. That's a common thing, right? And I can't count how many times, uh, maybe with females, I don't think it's happened with men, maybe once or twice, but where, you know, you look, you look at yourself, what you were like before, and you still weren't, you were still thinking the same way most of the time, right? About your body and stuff. When we talk about body image, especially for women. You look back at photos, and you go, wow, sometimes. I've had clients do this. They go, wow, I was actually, I was looking really, really good then. I was looking healthy. I was in good shape. But at the time, they didn't feel like that. They still had these body image issues, right? And that comes down to the identity stuff I was talking about. So that's always an interesting thing. So cool. All right. So I wanted to just firstly, because like I said, this whole month is going to be based on sleep, right? Because sleep is the foundation. <laughs> I was meaning to do uh a whole month on sleep a while back, but now I feel like it's, it's, it's really, really important for us to literally hone in on this as much as we can this month, right? Now, with sleep, obviously, it's very complex, right? But in terms of sleep deprivation, right? For example, like one third of Americans are sleep deprived. So that's like 110 million Americans. 
it's basically a big worldwide issue now. In the UK, for example, something like 67% of adults get disrupted sleep. I'm sure people can relate to that, right? Disrupted sleep is a big thing. It's challenging to always have good sleep and sleep straight through. Um, so 67% of British people, right, get disrupted sleep. And it's a big problem, right? So and I think something like, I think it was something like 60-odd percent as well, or maybe it was 40-odd percent of British people get under five hours sleep, or maybe 30-odd maybe percent. So well, it was like 16 million, 16 million British people, right? So that's like 30% of the population get five or less hours sleep, right? So it goes to show how much of a big problem it is. Um, and there's a fine line between having decent sleep and then optimizing your sleep, right? Which is what we're going to talk about. So bear in mind, when it comes to, yeah, exactly, I die as well, how long, five hours sleep, even six hours, just doesn't work for me. So when it comes to metabolism, right, and we talk about your physique, and fat loss and stuff, what's his name, his name, Angus, the guy that did the training for me the other day on optimizing your sleep, he said, you know, it's the equivalence, because he's had great, he, he helps lots of like high-performing people, you know, entrepreneurs and all stuff like that, helps them optimize their sleep and everything else, right? And he calls himself the sleep performance coach. And he was saying, you know, when it comes to people losing weight, for example, and losing fat, literally just by fixing their sleep, they've lost like a stupid amount of weight. Obviously, nutrition is going to play a part in that, right? But the effect it has on your metabolism from, you know, for example, having a good night's sleep or fixing your sleep even consistently, and you fix it, you know, for a period of time. What he found was is people, their metabolism was speeding up. He wasn't changing much with their nutrition initially. And they were losing weight. So there's some research on this as well now. And he was saying, you know, when you really fix your sleep, it's almost like you're, you're running on the treadmill overnight for like 30 to 40 minutes is the analogy he used, right? The metabolism. So it just goes to show that when you fix your sleep and you prioritize it, and I'm going to explain now some simple things to focus on with sleep. It makes all the difference, right? The fat loss and metabolism. It makes sense. The metabolism is going to slow down. It's going to adapt by slowing down, right? If you're not sleeping well. Does it make sense for your metabolism to speed up and for your body to start burning fat if you're not sleeping, which is the most important thing, right? So, yeah, so even one night's poor sleep as well, just for some context, right? Even one night's poor sleep can have a massive impact on your hormones. So there's a hormone called leptin, right, which tells you, tells you you're full. It's produced in the gut. It's called leptin. It's known as the satiety hormone, right? And it tells you when to stop eating, basically, right? There's the other hormone, which is known as the hunger hormone, right? It's called ghrelin. So leptin tells you you're full, ghrelin tells you it's time to eat, right? And even after one night's poor sleep, he said 15%, I think there was research on this as well, 15% increase in ghrelin and 15% decrease in leptin, right? So that tells us, right, that your appetite could basically increase by about 30%, right? I know that's kind of like arbitrary, but if you do the maths on that, right, 15% less uh, leptin, so I'm just letting some people in now, um, 15% less, sorry, 15% less um, leptin, which is the hormone that tells you you're full, and 15% more ghrelin, which tells you you're hungry, 30% increase in appetite, right? So, and you'll probably notice that. I can notice that myself. Even if I have one night's nice poor sleep, what I notice is the decisions I make with food and stuff, I just, I just basically feel a bit more hungry and I'm craving carbohydrates more and stuff. So that must be, you know, the impact on the hormones. So they're just some basic facts to you. I mean, not to mention, when you talk about chronic illness, right? It's a well-known fact, you know, Alzheimer's, obesity, dementia, cancer, all of these things are, li are linked to poor sleep quality, right? So if you're not optimizing your sleep, obviously 
you know, you're going to put, be putting yourself at risk of, you know, more rates of chronic illness, you know, if not now, going forward, right? So there's more to it than just fat loss. Obviously, the important thing is health, right? Obviously. So, all right. So what I'll do now, I'll get a bit more interactive with this, but I want to, first of all, just drop some gems in terms of what you can implement straight away with sleep, right? And anyone listening back to this. So a very simple thing, right? And I say this a lot, but most people just don't do it, right? They just don't do it. And, you know, being really, really strict with coming away from your phone, you know, 60 minutes minimum, I would say 90 minutes, so two hours ideally. Say 60 to 90 minutes before bed, come away from your phone, right? If you're used to just going on on social media or whatever you're doing on your phone, right? Put an audio book in or a podcast instead for an hour or something before bed and just relax, right? Now, obviously, you're not always going to do that. So if you are on your, um, watching TV, for example, right? Like I was last night, nighttime blue light blocker glasses, yeah? As I've talked about before, it's going to block most of the blue light. But obviously, the best thing you can do is come away from screens altogether and just listen to a podcast, listen to an audio, I don't know, listen to something on YouTube, whatever you want to do, just so you're not looking at that screen you know, 60 to 90 minutes before bed. Because that blue light is one of the single most kind of worst things for your melatonin levels, right? A melatonin, sleep-induced hormone, really important for sleep quality, but also, again, for fighting cancer and, you know, hunger, all those kind of things as well, right? So that's the first thing I would say is to really hammer that home. And this has been tried and tested with clients who've done this consistently. Obviously, this is a habit I've cemented it. I'm not perfect with this, right? Obviously, I still not 100% spot on, but for the most part, I come away from my phone at least an hour before bed, right? And I need 90 minutes when I can, right? So, and so many clients have just, the difference they've had in their energy levels, appetites, mental clarity, mood, just from doing 60 minutes, right? Consistently for the most part. It's huge, right? And that's going to have a big impact on your sleep quality. So, does that include TV or just for, yeah, so any screens, hells, so any screens basically, so you're gonna get blue light from TV, phone, computer, whatever, that blue light, even artificial light, right? So lights in your house, they emit blue lights, right? You're not gonna be perfect, right? So just be aware that it comes from all angles, but the main thing is the screen, right? So if you're getting that directly into your retina, and you haven't got anything like blue light blocker glasses to block that, then that is going to have a negative impact on sleep. And there's, there's loads of research on this now as well. Uh, blue light blocker glasses, there's some research on that as well now to say there was something like a 64% increase in melatonin levels or something like that, just from wearing those nighttime blue light blocker glasses. So it does go to show that it's a very powerful tool and it's something that has worked well with clients because it doesn't take any work, right? <laughs> You've just got to remember to put those glasses on. So with the blue light blocker glasses, there's daytime ones which are clear lens, and there's nighttime ones. The nighttime ones are going to have an orange lens on them for the most part. So if you do invest in them, make sure you get the nighttime ones, with the, and they're normally going to have an orange lens on the glasses, right? But the key thing you can do, rather than trying to cut corners, just like most people are disciplined with their training and nutrition, put that discipline into that nighttime routine. Come away from your phone 60 to 90 minutes before bed. You can still do your journaling, your reflecting. You know, I read a book. Doesn't have to be audio. Obviously, it's even better if you can read a book. Really, that helps. I find helps me wind down. So that's something I do. Forty-five minutes to an hour before bed, I normally just read. I listen to podcasts personally in the daytime instead. Uh, but if you want to listen to audios or whatever instead, whatever you're going to do, put that into place straight away. That nighttime routine is key. Don't overcomplicate it. Sixty to ninety minutes before bed. Come away from that phone. 
put the discipline in, put the work in, it will pay off for more than just overall health and energy, even for physique and stuff like that, because the compound effect of good sleep will massively pay off, right, in terms of your decision for food and hormones and everything else, right? The next thing is in the morning, right? If I just keep it simple, don't forget we lose about a liter to 1.5 liters of water in our sleep, right? Just remember that. You lose a lot of water in your sleep, so you get up dehydrated, right? So just type into the box, how many people are super diligent with hydrating first thing in the morning when you get up? I'm just interested to hear. I know most people here are, to my knowledge anyway, but just type into the box, how, like brutally honest, how consistent are you with getting up, having a pee, obviously, before you pee yourself, and having water straight away, right? Because ideally you want to be replenishing with like a liter of water, give or take, in the morning, right? A bare minimum of say 750 mil, even if it's not all at once, right? And that's quite a lot of water to drink. But as soon as you can, you want to replenish that water you've lost in your sleep. At least 700 mil, great. Diligent with water and lemon, awesome. Lemon's great, I mentioned this before, because it kind of gets, wakes your digestive system up. Um, not great, but getting better. And now I have a big class when I wake up, but I never used to get exactly, because you're aware of that now, help. So that's great. So yeah, start off with having a big glass, um, but just literally just have it just down a whole pint, ideally when you get up after you've had a pee. And then if you can get another pint and then ideally as soon as you can, that's going to be great because that's going to replenish the water you've lost, right? And just go for a walk then. So remember, when it comes to your circadian rhythm as well, you know, I don't want to go in too much into the technicalities. I want to keep it simple. Number one, nighttime, 60 to 90 minutes before bed, come off that phone. Morning, hydrate, one liter, uh, if you can, right? And then get outside and get some daylight, right? So factor that into your day. If you're not, if you're like loads of people are in lockdown, right? If you're not getting up early enough, you're sitting down and you're going straight into work, you're not going to get that daylight, right? When you get that red light from this, even if it's not sunny, just daylight tells your body you're awake. Just like that blue light gets in through your eye uh, and tells your body it's daytime, right? The red light that you get from the sun or just daylight, it's gonna tell you, your body the same thing, right? But remember, we didn't evolve with blue lights, so just remember that. When you get up in the morning, you've got all those artificial lights, it's not, this, it's not gonna be uh, the same as having natural daylight, right? So you wanna be getting outside, hydrate, get outside, get the daylight, even if it's for a few minutes, right? Whatever you can manage, ideally go for a walk, go for a walk, you know, get your daylight, that's gonna set your circadian rhythm up, it's gonna balance your hormones out, and it's gonna work wonders for your energy levels, right? Once you've hydrated and you've told your body it's daytime, you know, you're raring to go, especially if you've practiced your nighttime routine, routine the night before, right? But it's very, very hard to be consistent with. This is something I've struggled the most with with clients is sleep. It's, it's, it takes constant work, it's, it's challenging. You're trying to change your behavior, basically, just like you are with food and everything else. So you have to put the work into these things. You have to plan your day. You have to set non-negotiables like I am coming off my phone at this time. If work gets in the way, sometimes it's gonna happen. You can't be perfect, but you have to be as consistent as you can with that, right? So, and in terms of the duration of sleep then, in an ideal world, seven to nine hours, right? It's what we wanna be aiming for as adults, seven to nine hours, but the most important thing is gonna be the quality of your sleep, right? So how many people, first of all, Wake up in the night for a pee. Type into the box if you don't mind. Like, this is a common thing. I don't do this anymore. I've got a little simple trick for you if you do do this, right? How often do you get up? Because that's going to interrupt. Whenever you wake up, right, and you go to the toilet, or you're awake and you can't go back to sleep, right, 
that is going to really mess up with your deep sleep and your REM. And that then is going to inhibit your body, your body's ability to recover if you're getting broken sleep, obviously, right? So how many people, just type in the box, if you do, if you don't, that's cool. Do you get up normally to go for a pee in the nighttime, right? Type into the box if you do. But simple tip, right, is to cut your water off at least an hour before bed, all right? So if you can stop drinking water at least an hour before bed, what you'll find is generally you'll need to get up for a pee then. But what you find is sometimes, you know, you're trying to get your water in or you've had your dinner late or you've been out on a walk or you've been working, don't get enough water in. Then you're trying to hydrate before bed, which is very important. I would say that's more important than going to bed dehydrated. You're better off probably just getting up and having a pee and being hydrated than you are going to bed dehydrated, obviously. That's why you want to try and get more in throughout the day and then try and cut your water off at least an hour before bed. And what you'll notice then is you, you most likely are not going to get up for a pee in the nighttime then if that's a problem for you. There we are. JR says 50% of the time. Very, very common. You know, most people just accept that, don't they? I'll just get up for a pee in the nighttime. It's just the way it is. But actually, if you try and cut your water off a bit earlier, 60 minutes before bed, you'll then normally you won't wake up for a pee. So that's a simple little trick there, which has worked wonders for me because um, I used to always get up for a pee in the nighttime. So yeah, some simple little tips there, or should I say habits? It's not, it's not just a tip, it's a habit to implement. So moving on now, um, let's get a bit more kind of interactive. I think I'm going to do some uh, breakout rooms today, right? Um, I think most people can, uh, can actually talk and there's some people working. So just type into the box quickly, what was your biggest takeaway from all of that stuff? Because I know a lot of people are implementing some of this stuff but I'm pretty sure there's going to be something you need to work on, you know, whether that's hydration or getting your daylight in the morning, nighttime routine, you know, there's, there's not many people that are perfect with all of these things, you know? So it could be anything. It could be the stats, anything like, what is it that stood out to you the most? Just type it into the box. And then what we'll do is we'll jump into these, uh, to these breakout rooms and then I'm happy to do like a Q and A then at the end, if anyone wants to stay on. So yeah, just type into the box. What was your biggest takeaway from the stuff I talked about there? I'll tell you what, or if you've got, whilst we're on the topic now and it's fresh, if you've got any questions, feel free to fire away now before we jump into the breakout rooms. So JR, 50% of the time, you get a repeat. Biggest takeaway, drinking more water. Yes, exactly. And in terms of like how much to drink, everyone's gonna be different, right? Um, your pee needs to be clear, maybe with a little kind of, uh, you know, like a little yellow tint in it. That's totally fine as well, as long as it's not, you know, yellow, obviously. So pee should be clear most of the time. Um, but as a guide, if you try and aim to have a minimum of like, bare minimum of like 0.5 milliliters uh, per pound of your body weight, don't ask why I do it in pounds, right? But for example, just to give you a quick example here, and I just get my calculator out, obviously I weigh like 200 pounds, times that by 0.15, right? And that's like three liters at a bare, that's a bare minimum though. Ideally, you want to be having like, in an ideal world, you want to be having, you know, 0 0.30, well, say about 30, say about 30 milliliters, yeah, 30 milliliters, sorry, um, per pound of your body weight. That's a better way to do it. Forget all these calculations. Uh, 30 milliliters of water per pound of your body weight. That's the top end, but if you can aim for that, that's just a good little guide for you. Um, but you should start knowing and feeling now, you know, when your body needs water, it's an intuitive thing, right? So Helen, I need to work on both getting off screens and stop drinking water 60 minutes before bed. Yeah, exactly. So it just means having enough in the daytime, just remembering to drink. Obviously, I've always, always got a bottle with me. So it's always in 
you know, my periphery, if you like. So I've just got that bottle there all the time. So it's like, I'm just, you know, never forget them, right? So always have that bottle with you. All right, Kira, getting water in first thing, when I wake and drinking more throughout the day. Yeah, exactly, that's it. Sometimes we just forget to drink. It's a common thing when you're busy with work. Awesome, all right, so what I'll do then is I'm gonna create these big breakout rooms. If you can't jump in and, and communicate now, then go in anyway and you can just eavesdrop, right? But obviously you wanna get people interacting here, right? So we can do some problem solving stuff. So basically, all we're gonna do um, in the breakout room is number one, just quickly introduce yourself, right? And then number two, you're just gonna say, you're just gonna, um, sorry, you're just gonna, talk about what you need to improve on, right? With your sleep. I know you've just done your, your takeaways there, but you're gonna just talk about the things you really need to, you're gonna implement, because this is accountability as well, see, right? You're gonna mention the things you need to implement uh, straight away in terms of your sleep. Doesn't have, like one thing is fine, by the way. One thing is great, right? Because it's gonna hold you accountable and it's gonna help you kind of reinforce what you need to work on, right? So just introduce yourself, say what you're going to implement straight away from the stuff we talked about, to improve your sleep quality or duration or both, right? So I'll put people into these breakout rooms now and I'm gonna have to jump into one because otherwise I can't uh, record it, right? So let's do this then. So breakout rooms, boom. Tell you what I'll do, I'll um, stop the